meditating and preparing and, and, uh, and getting ready for this. So let's pray and we'll receive the Word of God tonight. Father, we thank you for your complete and whole and fulfilled, full will being done tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, we know this is the year for more. This is the year for the fullness of all things. And so we receive that tonight in Jesus' name. And we thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. And thank you, Lord God, oh, Father, that every person will be blessed and touched in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Kathleen, we're still going to minister to you, but I think we'll do that one after the word. Amen. We're going to pray for her again tonight. We prayed this morning, seeing that healing completely manifested in her body. All the pain going in Jesus' name. We'll minister to you too if you need that. Um, I want to talk to you about the anointing tonight. Glory to God. Colin talked about the anointing not too long ago, but I'm going to go a different, whole different direction than he did. There's a lot of aspects. How many of you know that? <laughs> Amen. But I want to talk about uh, the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and, and all that it entails, the power of God, the... Um, Mm, hallelujah. I love the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just how this was just a Baptist and just had, didn't have it for so many years and got filled with the Spirit and just, yeah. just love it. Just yeah. love being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I uh, just wouldn't have wanted to live my life without it. Wouldn't have wanted to pastor for without it. That's for sure. Hallelujah. I just have compassion on pastors trying to pastor without the baptism of the Holy Ghost and not speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Because I'm telling you, when you're a pastor and when you're just a believer, there's more often than not when you do not know how to pray as you ought. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so God's given us a very powerful tool to use when we don't know how to pray as we ought. But I'm not going to talk about that tonight either. I want to talk, <laughs> but tonight I want to, <laughs> hallelujah. That was just a little introductory comment. But hallelujah, being saved prepares you for heaven. How many of you know that? When you get saved, you're completely prepared for heaven. You are prepared for heaven when you get saved. But being filled with the Holy Spirit prepares you for your earthly walk with the Lord. The disciples were no earthly good until they got filled. And that's why, turn to Luke 24, verse 49. Glory to God. The disciples were no earthly good. In fact, they had lots of mess-ups. They had lots of uh, problems until they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, praise God. It's so powerful being filled with the Holy Ghost. In Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus said, Jesus, how many believe Jesus would know? Amen. It says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. So uh, God told us, to, God told the disciples, He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to tarry there until you be endued with power, until you receive this power of the Holy Spirit, until you receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the reason He did that is because He knew that they weren't going to be any earthly good. They weren't going to be able to accomplish the, the, the mission that He had for their life. They weren't going to be able to get it done with this out, this power of the Holy Ghost. And then in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, we see where they did that. They did that very thing. Acts 2 4, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so they, they gathered in the upper room and 
Just as Jesus said, the Holy Ghost was poured out and they received that power, that endowment of power from on high. They spoke with other tongues as evidence of that. And um, they were now ready for their earthly service. They were ready for the plan that God had for their life. They were ready to fulfill their destiny and they were now worth something in the earth. Hallelujah. You're worth something because you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, the fact is, the truth is, and we're not trying to be, uh, to brag or anything, but the truth is, if you look statistically at, uh, at some of the reports where people, the people that do statistics and stuff, in the mission field, in world missions, the, 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 the people that are getting a lot of people saved, that are getting a work done fast, are the Pentecostal denominations that are sending people to the mission field. The assemblies of God, the, uh, then, uh, and when I say Pentecostal, I'm talking about charismatic, word of faith, assembly of God, everybody that was, that believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and believes in speaking in tongues. Those that have received power from on high and they now have the earthly equipping that they need. Let's face it, folks, we don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we get to heaven. We'll have it all, you know, we're gonna have it all. We're not gonna need to speak in tongues when we get to heaven, when Jesus, we're not going to need that. And Jesus even said that there'd come a time when that would pass away. When Jesus, well, when he came and hid all his glory, that would pass away because we won't need to speak in tongues. The Bible says we will know as we are known at that time. And so, um, uh, but now on this earth, we need that power. We need that power from on high. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the ones that are getting it done in the mission field, and there's been, you can tell by looking at the statistics. If you, you can just go online and find statistics. I just typed in world evangelism statistics and I just a whole bunch of mess, stuff come up, not mess. Just, you know, just, some of it might have been mess, but a whole bunch of uh, things came up where you could go and you could look at statistics. When you look at those statistics, it's the, it's the Pentecostal denominations that are getting the job done overseas. There's a lot of people going and sacrificing their lives that aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, that, and we, you know, we're thankful for their sacrifice, but they're not getting a lot done and they're spending themselves on the mission field. Hallelujah. It's not by our might or by our power, but by His Spirit, saith the Lord. And we need that equipping. And we also can tell when we look at those statistics that it's the end times because it took from... Uh, uh, when Jesus came to 1490 or something, 1490, it took that long to get 1% of the population saved. And now it's just, you know, like doubling and tripling every year. And uh, so you can see that Jesus is coming back and they, this word of God is going into all the world. And, uh, and then Habakkuk says that in the last days, God is going to do a work that is so big that you wouldn't believe it if he told you. Because it's bigger than we can think. Hallelujah. And so God's, I tell you what, and you know, you say, they say, well, Jesus can't come back until uh, the word has gone into every nation. It already has. Now, I'm not saying that every people group has heard, you know, there's languages and there's different languages even within languages. Kind of like us Southerners speak a whole different language. <laughs> you know, those people in England speak a whole different language than we do, even though they, we all say we speak English. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, there's even different dialects in, in the, within there. So, uh, 
but, but there are missionaries that have literally been to every nation of the world. And, you know, we get the word to them, then they have to take it and spread it and evangelize it. And, you know, I read online, and this is interesting, that now the, the, the West does not send the most missionaries. Now a lot of the missionaries, are, they're coming from China. There's like a billion people, or there's, there's 80 billion or something saved in China now. And it started, huh? Million? Is it 80 million? Okay, 80 million then. There's 80 million saved and it went from like, uh, you know, 40 years ago, very few, 200,000 or something saved in China. And in that long, 80 million. And they're, they're missionaries. Hallelujah. And, uh, those Brazilians are missionaries. And the Honduras has, they, and, and I tell you what, and you know what? Those people are tougher than Americans. <laughs> they are lots tougher than Americans. I mean, it, we're not tough. We've been, we've been, uh, made soft by all the luxuries that we have in America. But they're not used to luxury, so the mission feels no big deal to them. But the anointing is tangible. The anointing that we receive from the baptism of the Holy Spirit is tangible. It is energy. It is divine energy. And it has substance. And it is a, it is a propulsion. It is a perpetual propulsion of the power of God. And this power, this power of God that when you receive, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it will drive you through every, every, uh, Every satanic event, every satanic opposition, every problem that the devil tries to put against you, this power that's in you will literally uh, propel you through that. I just lost it. Hallelujah. Just lost my microphone. It just went down. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so... Uh, we need this power. We need this divine energy. Now, because this anointing is tangible, because it is divine energy, because it has substance, uh, this can this this anointing, this tangible substance, can be depleted. And the same disciples who we just read about who were filled in Acts 2-4 were refilled again and again. Look in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. I'm excited tonight. I am excited. Hallelujah. We already had a move of God in the prayer room. Amen. God's already moved. Acts 4.31, it says, And when they had prayed, this is the same disciples that were in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And then in Acts chapter 13, in verse 52, it says, um, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Same disciples that were in the upper room and were baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. In Acts 4, they turn around and they are in a place in the power of God. They come in and they're filled with the Holy Ghost again. And then in Acts uh, 13, or there, uh, they, uh, they come, they come and they're filled again. In fact, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and you've read this scripture many times, says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And one version says to be continually filled. And I looked up that word uh, filled and it the one, one uh, translation, one uh, definition of it in the Strong's Concordance was to cram. 
to be just cram packed full, cram to cram. Hallelujah. To be crammed full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. I tell you, life just goes a whole lot better when you're full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You, when, I'm going to tell you something. I know this from personal experience. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you don't notice problems as much. You don't notice the problems of this life. I want to tell you, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you don't get mad at people. All of us need to get full of the Holy Ghost. You know, just before we go out and function in traffic and function at Walmart, you know, you had you got to be filled to go in there, don't you? Hallelujah. Glory. You know what? You cannot produce this anointing by yourself. It is not your responsibility to produce the anointing. The anointing is not something you make. You know what? If we could make the anointing, it would be tainted. If you think about, you know, we talked this morning how every invention has come from God, every witty idea. Those have all come from God. But did you notice that when man goes and takes the idea, the invention, and makes it, it's always tainted? You know, it's like, you know, God in, God gives us the invention of the VCR. But how many of you know your VCR can break down and not work? And that's because it's tainted by man because man goes in in those manufacturing plants and takes the perfectly wonderful knowledge that God has given them. But in that, when a man puts his hand on it, it becomes tainted. And so God doesn't let us make the anointing. He doesn't let us make it. He makes the anointing. Hallelujah. He doesn't let us touch it. He just lets us receive it. Hallelujah. So it's not our responsibility to produce it, but it is our responsibility to become filled with the anointing. In other words, it's our responsibility to receive. God's not going to do anything about uh, us receiving. We're going to have to make a place and a time for that. Um, and same thing with healing. We cannot make healing. We cannot make healing. Sometimes we're trying to make healing happen in our bodies, but we cannot make healing, but we can be filled with the one who heals. You know what I'm talking about. I know Lynn Hammond, she said this. I was sharing it uh, with someone this week even because this just has so impressed me uh, when I read this. But the whole the God spoke to Lynn Hammond and he said, uh, Lynn, and let me just read it because I typed it out how he said it exactly. I can change anything about your life. I can change your personality. That'd be good, I, wouldn't y'all think? Hallelujah. I can change your desires. I can change your attitudes. I can change your mind. I can change your body, and I can change your circumstances. But one thing I need from you, and that is your time, time in my presence. That's all he needs from us. He does not need us to do anything. We cannot make healing. But one thing we can do is we can get in his presence, wherein he makes healing in our bodies. And all of us have situations and problems. Some of them we have worked on for years, trying to figure out the solution. And we cannot change our circumstances, but we can get in his presence and he will change our circumstances. And you know, some of us do need a personality change. Personally, I like him. Yeah, yes, Lord, change my personality. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily always want to be like I am. I, love, I mean, I don't dislike myself, but you know what I'm saying? We could have an upgrade here in some areas. Anybody feel like that? Hallelujah. I mean, if you're shy, couldn't you take an upgrade in your personality? Hallelujah. Maybe if you're too outspoken, Hallelujah. Could you take a little upgrade in your personality? If you tend to impatience, could you take an upgrade in your personality? Hallelujah. 
If you're a little bit not motivated, could you take an upgrade in your personality? I see all of us could say, you know, okay, God, we could take a personality change. But all we have to do is get in His presence. I know we quote that scripture, God, you perfect that which concerneth me. I've quoted that for years. But you know, that's not just a magic wand He wops them up, wiggles over us. We, we have to get in His presence. And as we're in His presence, everything changes. Amen? When we spend time in His presence, we begin to fill up with the anointing. We begin to fill up with the anointing. Just because we're in His presence, we begin to fill up with anointing. Family, we're not, we need to spend some time in His presence. We need to spend some things that we've been needing are easy when we get in His presence. And, uh, when we get in His presence, we fill up with the anointing. And Isaiah 10, 27 says it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. Sometimes we're trying to destroy the yoke and we're trying, we're even speaking to it and we're even, oh, and we're commanding it to leave and we're quoting scripture to it and we're doing everything. But uh, sometimes a lot of that is just us and we need, you know, because there's a difference in words spoken under the anointing. I know this morning the Lord corrected me. I had a thought about speaking to something. I just had the thought, I need to speak to that. And then I, and so I spoke to it. And he said, wait, you speak when I tell you to speak. And you know, sometimes when you know to speak to something, you need to wait till the anointing's there to speak it. Instead of just speaking it out of your head, you know, because we kind of know the formula. We kind of know what to do. We know about our authority. But sometimes we need to wait till that anointing's there and, and wait till he says, now speak. Just kind of hold it inside of us until it's time to speak it. Amen? So it's just not coming off the top of our head. And then when we speak, because it has the anointing behind it, the devil takes notice. Because he doesn't just respond to us because we're human. He, but he does, I'm telling you what, that anointing, he hopped toadies. He hopped toadies. Because he's experienced that anointing before. Hallelujah. So uh, you are a vessel. We are vessels. And the vessels always contain something. And if we don't stay filled with the anointing, then our vessel will fill up with trash. You know, cause just cause we're empty trash, just the trash of this world, just one little piece of trash at a time, our vessel, I mean, and, and before we know it, we've got a bunch of junk in our lives just cause we didn't stay filled with the anointing. Did you know you can be born again and be depleted of the anointing? You can have had an experience where you were baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1968 and be depleted of that anointing. You need this divine energy of the Holy Spirit. Turn to John chapter 7 verse 38. We need this divine energy of the Holy Spirit. We cannot, just like the disciples couldn't get the job done without it, we've got a last day's job to do. And it's ever bit as big as what the disciples had to do. It's what Jesus' disciples had to do. They had a big job to do when Jesus left. They had a great big job to do, but we've got just as big a job to do. And like Brother Copeland said, God's out of time. God's out of time, but I tell you what, he saved some, he saved back some supernatural help for this time. So you can expect the supernatural help. Amen. You can expect help like we've not ever had before in the church. There's already been, this year, there's been help. There's been more help, more anointing, more revelation. 
Mac Hammond said it, and it's the truth. He said, Revelation's coming at me so fast, I can't find places to preach it all. And that's been happening. I, I, I've got sermons. Um, it's just coming at me like I can't, I don't get to preach enough times a week to preach it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because there's an increase of anoint of revelation in the earth. So we can expect this power to help us in the name of Jesus. John 7 verse 38 says, uh, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You are a vessel and something's supposed to be flowing out of you. And we, um, if we want this, this divine energy flowing out, we're going to have to be filled. In, this, in these days, it's going to take a continual filling. And when we are filled with this divine energy, it is, not our, it is our responsibility. It is our responsibility to pour it out, every bit of it, on this hurting, sick, and dying world. Out of our bellies to flow a river of living water. And we've got, we got to be filled and we got to pour. It's, it, we, it's our responsibility. You know, if you just try to hoard it up, It'll disappear. It's like that manna from heaven. You can't save it. It'll still, you can't say, well, I'm, I'm filled and I'm going to just save this for me and my family. It'll disappear on you. Like that manna from heaven. No, you got to pour it out and you got to pour it all out. Be like poured out like a drink offering. Um, when we are filled, um, you're a vessel and a clogged blood vessel isn't healthy. In the natural realm, a clogged blood vessel is not a healthy thing. How many of you know that? And you're a vessel, and when you're clogged up, you're not healthy. Hallelujah. You have to pour out the life source. And we have to go back to His presence over and over to refill. And you know, here's how it works most of the time. I've seen this over and over. Um, you pour out. I mean, you pour out to somebody. You're helping somebody, and you pour out whether it be in the pulpit or whether it just be one-on-one, -on -one, you pour out. And then if we're not careful in this world where we have jobs and we have to go to work and, and we have to think about finances and we have to think about cooking meals and feeding kids and getting kids to school and all the responsibilities of this world, we pour out and then we forget to get back in His presence and resaturate. And then what happens is another situation comes up where somebody needs help and we pour out again. Even though we don't have as much as we had before, we'll still pour out because we care about people. We're loving people and we care about people. And then, it, you know, a lot of times we're busy and we forget or we miss several weeks of church and we really are depleted and we really don't have anything left. But invariably, invariably family, because there's so many needs in this world, there will be sickness in the family. And we'll have to pour out again. And by this time we're running in the minus column. And we know we are. And maybe we get sick at that point, get symptoms in our body. We can't shake it and we don't know why because we're believing God. But we've been pouring out and we hadn't been getting back in his presence and getting that replenishing going on. And by that time, and I've seen this in the body of Christ, man, there's more people in this condition than you can believe that are, they are so dry they cannot find their way to water. Or maybe they're coming to church, but they're so dry that when they come to church, they can only take a sip. They can't really drink. But we need to drink and drink and drink and drink and soak and soak and soak. You know, we're just in that little window of time when Brother um, Oral Roberts gave us that vision 
and that uh, and he spoke that into the earth and it was a wake up call to the church and we have a little window of time to get prepared. We have a little window of time to get some things cleaned out of our lives. We have a little window of time to get things right with God and right in our hearts towards uh, our fellow man. And we have a little window of time to get saturated and full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We've got that window of time, man. We need to soak. We need to drink. We need to draw. Mark 16, 17 says, These signs will follow those that believe. Why don't signs follow us more? I think the reason signs don't follow us more is we've never been saturated enough. I don't think we've ever been saturated. Most Christians have never been filled to the degree those guys in the book of Acts were filled. They've never been that full of the Holy Ghost. And that's why we don't see, not because it's just not God's season, not because it's not God's time, because we're just not saturated enough. you got to be filled and saturated to be bold. You won't be bold if you're not filled and saturated because you'll be in your mind and you'll be thinking of what, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't think about what people are thinking. You don't care what people are thinking. We know we've all been there. You know, Pastor didn't, when I know in Birmingham once, I don't know if Jerry was there, but when the, but Pastor Billings, he took off around the church and then ran into the door that went back into the hospitality room. You know, before he did that, he didn't stop and look around and think, I wonder what everybody here is going to think. No, he didn't stop to think because he was so filled. He didn't care what everybody there thought. He didn't care that it looked ridiculous. It did. It looked totally ridiculous. But you don't stop. You don't stop. You don't analyze it. You know, because you're filled and you don't care. Hallelujah. And I know we experienced it when we first got filled with the Holy Spirit in Seagraves, Texas. You know, they persecuted us. Man, I tell you, it just went off of us like water off of a duck's back. I mean, we didn't get offended. You know what? When you're offended, you're just not full enough. You're just not filled because I'm telling you, we didn't even, you know, we weren't even mad at them. We didn't even, you know, we weren't like, oh, I hate you for saying that about me. Why are y'all all gossiping about me in town? And they were 2,500 people, man. I mean, it was just, you know, all over town. Hallelujah. But it, you know, it's like, so what? We're so happy, you know. We're so filled. We're so full of God. And that's, that, you know, praise God. You know, there's three parts to this walk that we walk in. I'm talking about us. There's having faith in God. There's agreeing with His Word, which is so important. But there's getting in His presence. And it takes all three parts. And you know, the Word of faith, that's what we all belong to here. We're real good at faith. We are so good at agreeing with His Word. Man, we are sticklers for the Word. But we're not so hot at getting in His presence. There's other groups that are they're charismatic, what we call charismatic. They're so good at getting in His presence. They're good at it. They're better than we are. They put us to shame. They know how to get in the presence of God. But they may not know so much about faith. And they don't know so much about agreeing with His Word. They've put all the emphasis on the... But you know what? We need to get balanced. This is a time to get balanced. And we need to learn what they know, and we need to learn how to get in His presence, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's going to take all three. It takes all three. You can't do without the first two. And that's what God's saying to the Word of Faith right now. Hey, Jerry, we know enough now. If we never heard another word taught, we know enough. 
I'm not saying that we don't need to be constantly reminded of his word. We do. We need to feed on his word. But you know, if you never got to hear another sermon, you know enough right now to do it. You could, you know, everybody in this room knows enough already. Go be a pastor in Uzbekistan. And never get to hear another sermon yourself. Just minister out of, just feed yourself on the word of God and minister out of that word. You already know enough. You're qualified. You're more than qualified. You know more than all the Russian pastors. We could probably put them all together, except those ones that came to Raymond stuff. But I'm talking about those nationals that never been out there. You know more. You know, it's not more word we need in the word of faith movement. And it's, it's not more, we, we, you know to agree with his word. Now sometimes we have to kind of shake you and remind you. Quit talking the problem, start agreeing with the word. We know that though. But we need to know how to get in His presence. That's what I'm asking God for. Hallelujah. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know what we're gonna do tonight? This is what the Holy Ghost gave me this week. Is we're gonna get refilled. We're gonna lay hands on y'all. Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the disciples didn't just get filled one time. And I'm telling you, some of you hadn't been refilled in years. Hallelujah. It's time to get hands laid on you again. Yeah. Hallelujah. We ought to be doing this more often than we aren't. You know, even in our early days, in the charismatic days, you know, when we, we had, we had, when we didn't have any sense whatsoever, didn't know nothing about the word. Hallelujah. Just were baptized in the Holy Ghost and excited and stirred up for God. One thing that we did a lot was just get together and you would always pray for each other. We'd, we'd get that prayer chair out in the middle and we'd just pray, lay hands on that one. Hallelujah. Guess what? We'd get filled. Didn't we? Hallelujah. We did it a lot. We did it three or four times a week ourselves. We'd just get together and Drag Colin over there. He's just a little boy. Keep him up till all hours of the night. Hallelujah. We had a zeal without knowledge. I mean, we really did. But my one thing about it, we was full. We was fuller than we, were, than we stay now sometimes. Hallelujah. So we need to do this more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's have some, let's have some music. Let's have some, and let's pray. Let's have ushers and.